Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey everyone, this is Dave here from the How We Solve podcast. I'm with Andrew Zhao, the CEO and founder of Throw Lights, a startup dedicated to giving an LED light show to everyone in the world. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing good today, Dave. Uh, thanks for having me. Good to have you here as well. So calling from San Diego, am I right? Is everything uh, all right there? Sunny, sunny as usual? It's great. It, today's a sunny, beautiful day. It's been that way for you know a few weeks now, and San Diego's doing well. I mean, you know, the whole coronavirus thing is going around, but it seems like we're starting the recovery process, so so that's good. Hopefully, by the time this podcast is published, we'll be even in a better spot than than we are today. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> cool. I hope so. So, an LED light show to everyone in the world. That's an that's an awesome mission. I would love an LED light show. I'm waiting for my wife to organize one. Please tell me a bit more about that, what that entails. Give me more context. So LED light shows came from the rave scene sometime around uh, 2006. Essentially, uh, it's a performance art where someone uses an LED prop and it does a performance for someone. So you might get up. So with the gloves, you get up real close to them and you do it right in front of their field of vision. There's other types of props as well. People use poi, which is lights that you spin around on streams. People use orbits, which is a whole other contraption, <laughs> hard to explain. Um, hula hoops, staffs, etc. There's just there's no limit to what kind of prop you can use. So is this an individual performance or is it like a group or it depends? Yeah, um, so typically it's an individual performance. So it'll be a performance to one person. Um, Sometimes it's a performance to like three or four people at a time. But there's different ways of viewing it, right? So, you know, there are, for example, light show competitions where there will be like 30 or 40 people crowded around and watching the grand finals where it's one per one artist giving a light show to the other artist and then and then they switch spots or you know there's also the online people watch videos of light shows online so yeah it's 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 just to one person but you know also many people can watch at the same time tell me about throw lights where does that kind of fit into the scene here what kind of problem do you guys solve for the you know the led light show industry I guess the way that kind of starts is with our vision and it's a big vision. Essentially, you know, we see ourselves as a uh, art form and since basically all of human history, some art forms have just had the right combination of ingredients to grow much beyond the niche where they start. All art forms start as a as a niche underground and they grow into huge worldwide industries. We believe that LED light shows are going the same place. And what that's going to take is it's going to take a leader to uh, sort of shine the light for the path ahead, pun intended. And so, so that's where Throw Lights fits into that vision is we intend to be that leader uh, with that vision to take it there. What's your, your path about how you're going to do that? Is it about in providing the products for people to do it? Is it about creating a competition or events or just general content creation? What are you guys thinking of doing to sort of you know, be that leader? It's definitely has more than a few parts to that. So, so one of it is that, you know, we develop products. So I think what makes us unique is that we're a business built by artists 
for artists. So almost all of us on the front lines are passionate light show artists ourselves. So we get really unique insights into the types of products to build. So the first part of that is building the best products for the art form. The second part of that is being community leaders, You know, hosting events, hosting competitions, creating partnerships, giving back to the community. So that's a big part of it as well, as well as you know, just being providing a platform for the art to grow, whether that be providing online resources, providing tutorials and information for uh, new people to get started. There's so many different ways that we can really nurture this art form, as well as being a commercial leader and providing products, etc. To boil it all down, our vision really, you know, as you mentioned in the beginning, we want to just give a light show to the whole universe. We want to, we want to show this art form to everyone. I have heard of gloving. I've never actually seen it in person. Do you look at any other art forms, maybe underground, maybe not, I don't know, graffiti or something like that, and kind of derive any inspiration from the path that they've gone to become more well-known or reach a broader audience? I definitely do. You know, I always compare um, our art form to other art forms that have grown out of an underground niche. You know, I talk about art forms like skateboarding, like hip hop, like mixed martial arts. And it's funny you mentioned graffiti as well, because, you know, that's kind of where we got our logo from. It's a uh, graffiti, you know, as a tag looking logo. So yeah, absolutely. You know, I think all art forms are connected in a way. And we often look to other communities for inspiration. Just trying to show off a little bit of my knowledge of, of underground art. <laughs> I took yeah. a graffiti tour once in Bogota, Colombia. It was awesome. Uh, and I That's hope to sweet. be able to do a, a, light, a light show tour uh, one day as well. Uh, so, yeah, you come visit us anytime. Okay, so we, we understand a little bit more about the industry that you're in and Throw Lights' role in that. So kind of let's get back into the history. Uh, I'm sure... When you're a child, you probably don't grow up thinking, you know, you're going to be running, uh, you know, uh, throw lights because that that industry didn't even maybe exist at the time. So how do you get involved in this? How does the story start? So, yeah, as, I mean, as a kid, I always wanted to be an inventor. So it's kind of funny. I mean, I sort of am that now. I mean, uh, I really like with the new product development, it's really kind of cool. So I guess the way I first ran into light shows is back in 2009. One of my best friends came back from Colorado. Uh, he was going to college there and he, he said, Hey man, I need to come over. I've got something really cool. I got to show you. And so he whipped out of his backpack, his gloves. Right. And at that time, this was back then they had these gigantic lights. I just saw them strobing and I was like, that is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. You know, I never, at that point, LEDs were so new and I had never seen something strobe different colors as you moved it around. And he was doing all these tricks like finger rolls and, you know, conjuring. And from the second I saw that, I was hooked and it's just become a passion of mine that I've been really focused on. I have it down in my notes, and I could be wrong, but that Throw Lights was originally an online discussion board for gloving, started in 2010. It became popular, but then, and I had this is just a weird line here, it says it was disbanded in 2012, and then in October 26th, Throw Lights was relaunched. So there's this dark period there that I, I'm kind of wondering about it being disbanded, uh, you know, why that might be the case, and what happened on those four years, and, and sort of, you know, how do we get to today's time? When we did start as you mentioned as a discussion board, we were very successful at, at that. You know, we, we quickly gained thousands of users, but I ended up shutting it down because I think I was like 17, 18 at the time. And yeah, I didn't really have the business experience I needed to grow it into something more. So I spent years growing my uh, sales career and 
that helped me gain the entrepreneurial experience that I needed to really take this seriously and grow it into a real business. It's always been my passion and I needed to take some time to, to learn and grow, but I did that and we're back at it 100% now. People may wrongly assume that uh, this is kind of all fun and games, you know, it's lights and it's light shows and stuff like that. But I'm sure just like anything, there's a lot of business challenges that you guys have run into, maybe related to manufacturing or just kind of getting the word out about uh, an underground art that maybe not everybody knows about. Talk to me about some of the challenges you guys have kind of had over the years with throw lights. You know, the funny thing is, like, it's such a cliche. Every entrepreneur says that they're, you know, a firefighter <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, you're putting out fires every single day and running a business. That's just how it is. I mean, there's always a new challenge coming up. Manufacturing's a tough one because there's just so many inherent challenges in that, you know, communication with suppliers getting a product right, it takes so much work, so much iteration. And being that we are artists, creating products for artists, we're very, um, what's the word? Perfectionist? I guess I'll just use it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I was going to say, I was going to say anal retentive. But... <laughs> Either one. <laughs> no, we, we're, per yeah, we're perfectionists about the products that we make and we want to make sure we, we really get them right. And so, so manufacturing is um, very challenging. The other aspects of running a business as well, whether that be fundraising, building a team, scaling revenues, um, tracking our finances and and our inventory, there's just challenges on on every front line, and you know every day we're putting out fires. That sounds tough. Uh, that sounds like a tough uh, a tough day to day, uh, but you know, like you said, you've obviously. I've uh, been working on your, your experience to kind of be willing to enable to do that. So, yeah, I want to dive in a little bit more in manufacturing just because for me, it's something I don't really know that much about. I do a lot uh, digital online marketing. Um, I've done like product development. So I think there's maybe some similarities there. But, you know, for me, it's, it's very much about how something should look and what it should do, right? Like you, you click a button, it should go here on a website. What is the product specification process like with manufacturing? Do you have to have an engineering background? What do you need to kind of provide for somebody to be able to develop what, what you have in your mind? Also feasibility, knowing the feasibility of it. And also, sorry, I'm throwing a lot of questions out there, but how do you know who's gonna be a good manufacturer or supplier? So firstly, I mean, there's many different products that we have, right? I guess the core product is the uh, lights themselves. And even just within the lights, there's different types. So there are types that use detachable LED bulbs, which are um, a bit simpler. And then there are the types that are called programmables, where you use a printed circuit board with a processor, microprocessor, and, and that one requires a lot of engineering. So those you require, you know, you need the software, firmware, you need the hardware design, uh, you need the casing design, and you essentially, you need an engineer for all of those. And so it definitely can be uh, an intensive process. It's not the craziest engineering at this point. I mean, you know, they can be advanced, right? They can have accelerometers on them. There are lights out there with Bluetooth, optical sensors. So it can be an advanced piece of technology and it definitely does require engineering. That's definitely a challenge. A lot of our competitors are, have founders that have engineering backgrounds. That definitely is an advantage in some ways, 
I have a sales background, so we I'm not sitting here engineering chips every day, right? <laughs> that can be, as you mentioned, a challenge, but we figure it out. And right now we have actually um, a great CTO candidate that we're working with. Um, so, you know, you'll see, we'll announce it probably in the next month or so if he turns into our CTO. In regards to your second question, you know, how do you know who's a good supplier? There's a lot of things, and I think it comes down to, you know, first you vet the company by checking out their website. Do they have a good rating on, you know, like Alibaba, for example? And then it just comes down to communication. We always, we always vet every supplier against other suppliers. So you get a quote from at least two or three suppliers, and it comes down to how well they communicate. I've just noticed that having a good relationship with suppliers is really key to this business. Is there an expectation, you know, when you, uh, you know, put in a purchase order or something like uh, there's some going to be some minimum amount that you need to buy? Are there like economies of scale? Usually the more you buy, the less it will be per unit. I mean, sort of what, what has been your experience? All manufacturers will have a minimum order quantity. Some of them are willing to do smaller ones, but there are you know various strategies that can be done around that. You know, for example, some suppliers will tell you, you know, I'll give you this price for a hundred thousand units, and maybe you could tell them, well, listen, I'll order a hundred thousand units, but you know, can we start with twenty five? And you know, can we still take advantage of that pricing? You know, stuff like that. There are always out of the box ways of working with suppliers. Obviously, you said all suppliers are different, but some. Let's say I have an idea and I kind of want to get something manufactured. I don't know. Is there sort of like a somewhat of a standard minimum cash outlay you might expect is kind of going to be required like or can we at least rule out you know something here's how i started my business right so we started off as a shopify store and the way i got it running was i took a thousand dollars and i bought a bunch of batteries from china and um we started marketing them at a low price. Uh, and we all we wanted to do was just attract customers to our store and it worked. We got people buying batteries from our store and then we had a customer base and then we slowly started introducing new products to that. And when they saw that our products were good, you know, they kept buying from us and we built our brand. So I would say, I mean, probably if you're gonna start your own business, I'd say have at least $5,000. But I mean, you can start it on a, on a small budget as well. And that's, I'm talking about like product businesses. I mean, there are other types of businesses that can be started for less money or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but just to get the idea of in the manufacturing, when you say batteries, I assume you mean like for the gloves to kind of power the LED lights. Exactly. Yeah. The okay. coin cell batteries. Yeah. So, you know, I guess what's interesting there is kind of what you're describing is that you started with not a micro product, it's, you know, batteries, a product, obviously, but like almost a subset of maybe a larger vision or something. And you use that to develop a customer base that is obviously interested in the hobby. And then it kind of, you know, you, you then add on more product SKUs, increase your product line from there. Is that kind of describing the experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Very interesting. So, you know, I guess where, you know, where are you guys at now in your journey? You mentioned this, maybe a couple engineers working with you and you've kind of increased the product uh, lines that you're working on. What are some of the things you'd like to tackle in the next couple of months? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you're right. We've made some significant progress recently. First of all, building out our team, we've made some key hires. Right now, we're continuing to look at hiring in marketing and sales. We've hired a, we have a CFO on our team now. Um, we have a, a chief revenue officer candidate, um, and as I mentioned, a, a CTO candidate as well. They're all well on their way to achieving success with us and, and for us. And 
another thing that we've done is we've built out this HQ actually, and we, it's so cool. Um, so we have this live workspace now. We're in San Diego. We've got a really large house with a, you know, and it's got this attached room that we use as an office. I don't know. Awesome. How- yeah, it looks great. I mean, yeah. unfortunately on the podcast, you might not be able to see it, but it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. So, and we actually save, we actually save money just by reallocating some of the expenses. We ended up saving money by, by getting this space and it's just such a great situation. So right now, our biggest goal is we need to hit a uh, million dollars in sales. So we have a lot of a lot of strategies around that. Um, you know, some of that is new product development. We have some really great products in the works, which we'll be announcing in the coming months. Other parts of that is increasing our uh, sales distribution. You know, getting on platforms like Amazon. That's going to be huge for our business. All the while, you know, the important thing is that we maintain our um, our core. And that's going to be the passionate artists, the the enthusiasts. Those are the the core. So I, I've noticed one of the things our competitors have tried to do is like they've tried to get out to the, the masses without giving back to the core. They try to just you know like really blow up with their PPC campaigns and they're you know they're trying to target new people and new ravers with and they've kind of lost focus of the artists the the people who helped get them where they were. We want to continue with our core by giving back to the light show community by partnering with light show influencers. That's going to be really what's going to the glue that's going to keep us together while we scale our revenue. Awesome. I think it's always important to maintain that that relationship with the core customer, with the ideal person who this business was probably originally built for. I imagine you know, it's like you mentioned, it's an underground art niche. Um, it's you know there's some hobbyists and things like that. I mean, how did you? How did you find them? How or how were you found by them? You know, in the beginning to kind of get, get this business off the ground. You know, I think it just comes down to having passion. As I mentioned, I saw this in two thousand nine, and it's just always been something. It's been in the back of my mind as something like I saw it and I was like, I know that can be big someday. I just have this feeling about it, and it's always just been something that just kind of like like an itch. You know, an itch that you can't scratch in the back of your mind. Until I started it, I was like. I got to do something with this someday. You know, I guess I got to give credit. I, I, I have always been very entrepreneurial. My biggest influence is probably my mom. She had me read great books like Robert Kiyosaki. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I read that when I was like, yeah, that's a good one. And, you know, it just changed my mindset. You know, it said you, you, first of all, you know, don't listen to what they tell you in school. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, be a, a wage slave, right? <laughs> like you can um, create passive income. You can do create your own business. And so I've always been looking for something that's outside of the box. And this was something I was just really passionate about. And I guess I would say, you know, I would encourage other entrepreneurs too is, you know, when you find that theme that just isn't itch for you, you know, like I said, I, I've been learning and growing for uh, nearly a decade now and it takes time to get to that point. But if you just keep pursuing it, uh, you'll get there. You know, I was looking on the website and taking a look at, uh, you know, some of the products and things like that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, the gloves are, are relatively inexpensive, you know, maybe like uh, three, four dollars or something like that. So is it fair to say it's somewhat of an inexpensive hobby to maybe get started with if you're interested? Yeah, definitely. So, well, the gloves themselves are just like, so those are, you're probably talking about the whites. So those are the replaceable. And then you got to put the lights inside each finger. But I would say probably for, um, there are sets out there for $30, $40. I, I was 
start with one of those. Actually, uh, one of the things that we're looking to get into is a really beginner glove set because um, some people don't even have the $30, $40 to get started. We're looking to market one that's like under $15. This is a few months down the road, but um, they're called pre-wireds um, where they have like a battery pack um, right on the wrist and then they've got wires running to each fingertip. And those, those can run less than 15 bucks. So yeah, I mean, right now uh, we've got products starting at $30, $40, but um, in the future, look out for even lower cost options. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, I play a little golf and that is expensive. Uh, that is expensive to have a, to get a golf uh, club set and uh, play on a course and things like that. So it's, it's nice to, you know, the idea of maybe being able to balance it with a, a hobby that it's not going to break your wallet. So very yeah. cool. Uh, if you want, I'll send you a glove set. <laughs> no way. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be so cool, yeah. actually. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you my address after that. Okay, You yeah. got it. So uh, now I just got excited, lost my train of thought. But, um, you know, I, I think I, I don't think I can really top that. So, I mean, if there's anything else that, you you know, you, you want to mention, you feel like sharing, uh, you know, or just, you know, where people can find more about you and more about throw lights. Definitely. Um, I'll give you my uh, social media handles, but I, I do want to shout out my team. It's really important. Without them, uh, we couldn't get where we are. Um, some of them have been with us, you know, for like a long time. And, you know, we have a great team of promoters, uh, of sponsees. Um, we have our, uh, you know, our employees, our co-founders. Everyone plays a role, and I want to shout all them out. You know, uh, much love, and they're the ones that got us here. As far as social media goes, we can be found at Throwlights on pretty much every social media platform. <laughs> um, and then we have, um, so then we also own another brand called Candy Creations, and that's spelled K A N D E K R E A T I O N S. And same thing at Candy Creations. And just, you know, for knowledge, the difference between those brands, how would you kind of describe them? Candy Creations was actually, we acquired them, I think, September of last year. They've been around for like 10 years now, and um, they have a really dedicated user base. At the moment, they release more specialized products, uh, such as customized uh, LED bulb chips, glove sets. In the future, we're looking to create even more um, differentiation between our brands. Um, so we'll look at stuff like, you know, do we market rave apparel with this brand? Do we market programmable glove sets with this brand? But at the moment, there is a lot of like sharing products between the brands. Awesome. Well, that's good. So you people can check out both. That's throwlights.com, candycreations.com, spelled with K's, and on any social media at throwlights and stuff. Thanks so much, Andrew, for opening up the world of gloving, of LED light shows. I'm sure, you know, very people, I, many, many listeners will be hearing about this for the first time, but probably not the last time. So thanks a lot. Yeah, you bet. Uh, thanks so much, Dave. And I uh, really enjoyed being on the podcast. It was a great experience. Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R-I-V-E dot com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.